Don't get too comfortable, though. All right? You know me. So go, go rest for a second. Amen. Well, I love CCC. I love coming here. I actually have a couple uh, church announcements for you this morning. Um, Pastor said I can just, he'll close it at the end. So my church announcement this morning is you guys are amazing. It's one of my favorite places to be. Uh, we're um, down the road a little bit in Inverness at Calvary Church, and we always talk about this place. Um, it's one of my favorite places to preach at every year, and I'm blessed to be able to go all up and down the East Coast, and God's opening some doors around the world too, amen? God's uh, the West Coast and international, and uh, we're just super pumped about it, but uh, CCC is one of my favorite places on the earth, so I just wanted to tell you, you guys are incredible. I love you dearly. My wife loves you, and this feels like home. We love your pastors, Pastor Jason and Lee. Can we give it up for Pastor Jason and Leah Hanks? Amen. I love coming here. So the title of my message is, if he, he didn't pick you up then to let you go now. Say that over yourself. He didn't pick me up then to let me go now. Come on, do you believe that this morning? All right, we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 through 4. Again, the screen is down, so if you have your Bible or your phone, come on, glory to God. There's an app called the Bible app. Take a break from Facebook, Instagram, and click on that one, okay? Um, and go to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 through 4. I'm reading in the New King James Version. And I believe this message will bless you this morning. Do you want to be blessed? Yes. I believe it will. All right, tell me when you're there. You there? Yes. All right, sweet. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good, say good, to the potter to make. Oh man, oh man, I am ready to preach this morning. Two things you need to know about me is I'm crazy. If you know me, you know that I'm crazy. And number two, I love God's word. I love Jeremiah because the Bible says he has what? Fire shut up in his bones. And then it says he's also known as the weeping prophet. He's passionate, crazy, and wild, but he's also sensitive. How many of you know that it takes both? We need to be passionate, but we need to be passionate, but we also need to be sensitive. Ah. We gotta be able to let our heart break for others and our heart to break like God's heart. Breaks. Do you believe that? Yes. Jeremiah's life is so centered around the word of God that oftentimes the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. See, Jeremiah didn't do anything until he had a word. Oh man, that can preach by himself. Jeremiah didn't do anything unless he had a word. Say word. word. Since when was it okay to date someone without a word? Or to move here without a word? Or to take that job without a word. Or to do this, that, or the other without a word. When was that okay? <laughs> when was it? If you don't have a word from God, you don't need to do it. I will say that again. It's going to set you free this morning. If you don't have a word from God, you don't need to do it. I love it because Jeremiah says, I'm not going to move without a word. You see, it's dangerous to move without a word. Most of your pain in your life comes from moving without a word. And I'll say that again. Most of the pain in your life comes from moving without 
a word. But when I, listen, but when I do get a word, I'm going to say that again. When I do get a word, I'm going to act on it. When you do get a word from God, run after it, fulfill it, take the job, get in the relationship, move to that city. If you have a word from God on it, do it. But if you don't have a word from God on it, stay away from it. I love it because Jeremiah didn't act unless he had a word. And in the text right here, Jeremiah sits down one day and the word came to him. And God pretty much tells Jeremiah, I'm going to preach to you this morning. Oh, I love it. You see, Jeremiah's a preacher. He's a prophet. That's what he does. He's always speaking, declaring the words of God. But God comes to him this time and says, you know what, Jeremiah? I'm going to talk to you this morning. I'm going to preach to you this morning. i got a sermon for you this morning. And I love preachers in preaching, but don't get me wrong. There is no better preacher. There is no better preacher than God himself. And he tells Jeremiah, I'm going to preach to you this morning. I, again, I love sermons. I love preaching. I watch sermons like you watch Netflix. I love Preaching, but there is no better preacher than God Himself. Say amen. Because nobody can preach like Him. So we find God tell Jeremiah, go to the potter and watch Him. You see, the potter had to go and pick the clay up. He had to pick the mud up. He had to pick something nasty, something dirty up out of the ground. How many of you know that the clay is me? The clay is you. We were rotten and spoiled and dirty and broken, but yet God picked us up. The Bible says in Jeremiah 18 verse 6, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not, this is God talking, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord. Look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. There is more to this passage, but this is where I'm going to stay. Remember the title of my message. You remember it. He didn't pick you up then to let you go now. And verse 3 says, Then I went down to the potter's house, saw that he was working at the wheel. Verse 4, But the vessel that he was working, making, that he was working with to make the clay it was spoiled by the potter's hand. So he made it over, reworking it and making it into another pot that seemed good to him. I'm going to say that again. The clay was spoiled. It was marred. It was messed up. But he started to rework it and to make it into something that he said was good. I want to show you something. The text even said it was marred. Like I said, it was spoiled. But yet the potter had it in his hand the entire time. There is no place that he said, I let it go. You see, the potter didn't trash the clay. He reworked the clay. I'm going to say that again. The potter didn't trash the clay. He reworked the clay. So what I'm trying to show you this morning, I need you to press in really quick and say, okay, I want what you have. Here we find the potter going out. Picking up the clay, the dirt, the miry clay. Come on, picking it up and taking it and working on it. He went to a dirty place to pick it up, a messy place. So now let's look at God. Here's God coming to us in our sin, in our rebellion, in our mess, the dirty place. And he, what? Picked us up. Say, if you've been picked up by God, I need you to wave at me in this house. He picked us up. And the potter went and he began to work 
at the will. How many of you know I've been serving the Lord for a long time now, but I still need Him to work on me at the will. I need some old saints in this room that's been serving God for a long time. You still need God to work on you at the will. So what we find is God picking up the, uh, the potter, God representing the potter, picked up the clay, the dirty place, me and you, taking it to the will to work on it. And as he got there and he began to work on it, he found out that, oh, this is spoiled, this is messy, uh, this is marred, it's got some issues to it. And instead of just throwing it away, he's, I'm going to rework it. Oh, this is going to set somebody free today. You've served God a long time. You have been faithful. You continue to come. You continue to give. You continue to pray. You continue to worship. But you feel like God's not there. You feel like your prayers are not being answered. You feel alone. I've come to tell you, you're not alone. Because there's not one place in the text that the potter set down the clay. There's not one place in the text where it says the clay left his hands. So how bad you're feeling or how good you're feeling. I got great news for you. In your bad times and in your good times, you are in the potter's hands. But listen, but listen. He picked you up then. And now he's working you, and he realizes, man, there's some issues here. But the good news is, when God sees our issues and our flaws, he doesn't just what? Trash us. He what? Say it with me. Reworks us. Oh, man, that's going to set somebody free. Because when he picked the clay up and he put it on the wheel, remember, he saved you. He redeemed you. He chose you. And here you are. And he's working you. And the text says he's working you into something that he calls good. Is it any, I know we got some people in this house that love the Bible. Amen? What does God call good? You know? What does God call good? Created to us. Yeah, he called us good. But what is the thing that is, has always been good since the beginning and it will be good in the end? It's His Son. That is the one. He is the one that was good, that is good, and will always be good. So at the will, He's working the clay into something that He calls good. The thing that He calls good is His Son. You're not hearing me in this house. The Bible says... We are called to take on the image of Christ. So he's going to keep on working you until you look like Christ. I can take 10 laps around this church and shout myself, lay hands on myself and catch myself. Come on, I feel God in this house. But listen, as he works at the will and he finds out that this clay is spoiled, this clay is marred, He doesn't trash it, remember. He reworks it. What does he have to rework? Remember, he saved you. Sometimes God's put you on the wheel. Just imagine I got a wheel right here. 
And he has to rework you because there's still gossip in your life. And you can't seem to keep your mouth shut. So he has to rework you. There's still stuff you shouldn't watch that should not have your attention, that blasphemes God, that goes against everything that God stands for. So he has to rework you because God says that's not good. Gossip's not good. Can I get real with you in this house this morning? And then he sees sexual sin. He picked you up. Hear me, he picked you up. And you've served the Lord, but you find yourself struggling again. You find yourself, I don't know why these thoughts are here. I don't know why I'm watching that. And you've kind of backslid a little bit. But great news, he doesn't trash you. He reworks you. Because he says, pornography is not good. It's spoiling the clay. It's making it messy. It's making it nasty. And not only does he rework the sin out of our life, but then he also reworks the hurt out of our life. He'll deal with the sin issues. He'll deal with the things that are not holy, that are separating you from him. I've come to tell you, sin separates you from him. He will rework that. But then he also reworks your hurt. Because not only does God say, you know, gossip's not good, because it's not. Lying's not good. Yep, sexual sin, not good. Yeah. Your pride, not good. But he also looks at the time your daddy said something to you, and it messed you up. And 40 years later, you're still suffering. Because of what your daddy said to you when you were in high school. And God looks at that hurt. And he said, that's spoiling the clay too. I got to rework it. And God looks at the time you went through a divorce and it was terrible. And you were hurt. God looks at that and says, I got to rework it. God looks at the time where you lost somebody to sickness and disease. And you were praying and you were like, God, I don't know why it happened And you've never really been able to get over it because you thought they were going to be healed and you thought that that wasn't going to be the outcome and God was going to do something and yet you lost them. And when you're on the wheel at the potter's house, he sees that hurt and he says, that hurt's not from me. I got to rework it. I got to rework it. You might have thought I didn't hear your prayers. You might have got an idea in your mind that I just let them die. Come on. But I'm here to tell you, I'm the one that causes joy, not sorrow. And I picked you up. And I know you feel alone and desperate now, but I've never let you go. So now i got to rework that pain out of you. See, he reworks us because he wants to get rid of the sin, but he reworks us also because he wants to get rid of the pain. Oh, my gosh. He reworks us. Because we need to be reworked. We need to be reworked. But I'm so grateful that even when I needed to be reworked, I'm grateful He picked me up. But I'm grateful He didn't let me go. I'm grateful that I've loved the Lord for a long time, but The night I got angry and mad and I said something I shouldn't have said 
And I dishonored my wife. And I acted in a way that did not look like a preacher. I'm grateful he didn't trash me. He reworked me. If you're grateful God reworked you in this house, can you give him a little noise? Can can you give him a shout? My Bible says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. You were always in his hand. That's the good news of the gospel. That when I'm saved, when I give him my life, When I say I'm going to follow you no matter the cost, he picks me up and he's never going to let me go. Oh, man. I'm grateful that the potter picked this piece of clay up. And I'm grateful he's molding me into something that looks like what? Jesus. Looks like him. That's what he calls good church. It's his son. It's his son. You know, the Bible also refers to Jesus as the second what? The second Adam. So when we, in the, the, the account of creation, when God created, you know, man and woman, he said, this is good. You know, this is why I can say he makes us into something good and Jesus is that good thing. It's because he is the second Adam. <laughs> He is the one that has always been good in the beginning of time and he'll always be good in the end of the end. And we're called to look like him. Why did God call man and woman good in creation? Because it was before sin. Oh, you're, you're, you're. It was before the serpent got in the garden. It wasn't because Adam and Eve were special, no. It's because there was no sin and they looked like him. That's why he called Adam and Eve good. It's because they looked like Jesus. They looked like God. He reworks us to make us look like Him. Oh man, if He picked you up then, He's not going to let you go now. You who are facing something this morning, If he picked you up then, hear me in this house, he's not going to let you go now. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're struggling with, if he picked you up then, he's not letting you go. He's not letting you go. You might not feel him. You might say, where are you? Oh, man, oh, man. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, if you know it, say it with me. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me is faithful to complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who started, he who left his house. Come on. Oh man, I can run. The potter had to leave his house. Does, does that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell? That Jesus had to leave the throne? That he had to leave heaven and come to a place called earth? And he had to go and come to a place he never should have had to come to. But he came anyway. And he had to pick us up out of the dirt. 
started a good work in me is faithful to complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus. Oh, man. Do you feel that? Say this over your life. He started it in me. Say it. Say he's going to finish it. Because he's faithful. I love a talking church. Also, I want to show you something in the book of Matthew. Chapter 21. The Old Testament. All my Bible people in the room. Come on, that should be all of us. Amen? Amen. If you follow Jesus, you should be obsessed with his word. You say, well, I've not heard God speak to me in a long time. Open your Bible. He's alive. He, like Pastor, he is the word. Don't give me. I just can't hear from God. You're just not reading. You want a word? Open it up. But the Old Testament will always align with the new. Jesus said, I didn't come to what? Abolish the law. But I came to fulfill. Come on, say that. Fulfill. He didn't come to abolish it. So the Old Testament will line up with the New Testament. And in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 through 14... Then Jesus, this is right when he came into the city, went into the temple and God, uh, into the temple of God. I'm going to say that again. Into the temple, say, of God. Say it. Oh, I'm about to show you something. And drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, what? It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. Then the blind, listen, I love this, then... The blind and the lame came to him in the temple. And what? He healed them. So Jesus just rebukes the church. And then he heals somebody. There's two keys here. Number one, you can't abuse the Holy Ghost and get away with it. They were selling doves. You can't abuse the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That'll preach. And get away with it. God will always find you out. But number two, God had to rework the temple. The potter had to rework the temple in order to heal some people. The potter had to rework the temple to heal the lame man and the blind man. See what I said at the beginning of the verse? It said what? The temple of? Say that again. The temple of God. So what does that tell me? He's already picked it up. called it his temple but yet he goes in and he finds out it's spoiled it's marred it's messed up what are they doing here and he had to rework it the potter had to rework it in order for people to be healed he had to rework it in order for something good to happen He had to rework it into something good so that people could be healed. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. He goes into the temple and he has to rework it. I believe the church today needs reworking. I'm going to say it again. I believe the church today needs reworking. 
working. I believe the potter needs to put us on the wheel and spin us around and place us in the fire until we look like him. I believe the church needs reworking. In order to make pottery, it needs to be fired. In order to look like Jesus, we need to be set on fire. That's why he gives us the Spirit. That's why he gives us the Holy Ghost. Because when you walk with the Holy Ghost, friend, it's hard to look like anything but Jesus. When you truly walk with the Holy Ghost, it's hard to look like anything but Jesus. Why? Because the same Spirit that raised Christ is what? In you. You look like Him. If you're walking with the Holy Ghost, you look like Him. Why do you look like Him? Because the Holy Ghost gives you what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, you look like Him. But He gives us the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Because God knows to make pottery, we need the fire. God knows in order for you to run after me all the days of your life, in order for you to never give up, in order, hear me now, for you to stay faithful when you just want to just throw in the towel. What you need is like the prophet Jeremiah, what he had, a fire that is shut up in your bones. That when you try to quit, you can't quit. When you try to say, I'm not going, something in you says, oh no baby, you're going. You need fire shut up in your bones. Because the fire of God will purify you. And what does it ultimately make you into? His image. The blood of the Lamb covered your sins. But it gives us the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost... Oh, help me, help me, help me, help me. Helps carry you through. We need the church to be reworked. Because we need a church that welcomes the Holy Ghost in fire. We need a church that says, Quick and... Kick in. Quit hurting the dove. Quit abusing the dove. Quit selling the dove. And let the dove loose. Let the dove free. Because that fire needs to be in me. But when that fire gets in me, that will starts. Oh. Will turns, the fire gets in me, and next thing you know, I don't look like Corey anymore. I don't talk like Corey anymore. I don't act like Corey anymore. I act like this man named Jesus. Why? Because my DNA all of a sudden got replaced with the Spirit of God. My fault, you're not hearing me. My flesh is now listening to the Spirit of God. The world that I walk in. Oh, you're help me, help me, help me, help me. Now, I'm Pentecostal. Some of you look at me like, yeah. Some of you looking at me like, listen, when you get me, you get all things. But listen, I, I'm Pentecostal. I'm crazy. Why? Because I'm like the prophet Jeremiah. I want fire. Shut up in my bones. I need it. We need the fire of God. 
because it purifies us and it makes us look like Jesus. <laughs> yes, it is. Come on, somebody. She said it's getting hot in here. Come on, you need reworking if you finish that song in here, though, in Jesus' name. <laughs> some of you caught that, some of you didn't. All right. <laughs> we need the fire of God. We need to be reworked. He picked us up. And if you're facing sickness right now, and if you're facing heartbreak right now, if you're facing whatever it is you're facing, whatever you're going through, I've got good news for you, friend. He didn't trash the clay. You're still in his hand. You just need to let him rework you a little bit. If you got sin in your life, if you're watching things you shouldn't watch, come on, I'm going to say it because most preachers don't. If you're watching sinful things, listening to sinful things, you say, well, I'm not saying it. I'm not doing it. You're watching it. You're supporting it. And you might not be saying it or doing it, but it gets in your spirit. And you wonder why you struggle with thoughts. It's because you're watching it. You let a spirit get in. You're facing that. You're facing heartbreak. You've lost somebody. Whatever it is you're facing, the good news is he picked us up. And the better news is is he's not trashing us. He's reworking us. I want to talk to some people in this house this morning. And I don't want you to be ashamed. I don't want the enemy to keep you in your seat. When I make the altar call, and you're just like, well, I am dealing with all that, honey. (laughs) I am struggling. But I just can't go. Because I'm afraid what Levi might say about me over there. I'm afraid Rachel might have a thought. I'm afraid Matthew will make fun of me. So I'm just going to stay right here. I'm struggling. This message ministered to me, by the way. He's a good preacher. Great preacher. (laughs) He's awesome. I love the dude. Jason, bring him back. But, but I'm not, I'm not going to respond this morning because I'm just afraid of what everybody might say. Don't let, don't let the devil keep your, don't let the devil keep you in the chair. When God says, if you come to this altar, I'll rework everything in you. You'll leave this place set free from pornography. You'll leave this place set free from gossip. You'll leave this place set free from everything you walked in with. But you got to get up out of your chair and say, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think in the back. All I care is what he thinks. And if the potter wants to rework me, he can rework me. Give God a shout in this house. I just keep hearing what that pastor said in my my spirit. Oh, we got to get up. We've got to let the Lord rework us. Look around the room. I say the majority of us need reworking. 
we need reworking because we're a little marred. We're a little spoiled. We're a little broken. We're a little bound. Don't be ashamed to be reworked. Whether you've served the Lord for 30 years or two days, don't be ashamed to be reworked. Look at the life of the Apostle Paul. He wasn't ashamed to be reworked. Don't be ashamed. Because when he reworks us, He's not making you into the thing you're trying to be set free from. He's making you into the thing that has all power over the thing that you're struggling with. And he's making you in that image. And when, you, when, when the potter's done with you and you've been put in the fire and you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody hear me. Because the pottery has to be put in the fire. When the Lord fills you with the Holy Ghost and fire, now you go back to that very thing that used to have control over you and you have the power to overcome it because the power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. We need Him to rework us. Man, that's good preaching. Like I said earlier, I'll come up here myself. I want it, Lord. Come on. I want to have fire shut up in my bones. But I also want to be sensitive. He was a prophet that had fire shut up in his bones. He was passionate, but yet he was also sensitive. I'm I'm closing this thing up. We're going to have a powerful time in the altars. But... In Matthew, this is when Jesus comes into the city. And the Bible says God shows favor to the humble, but he, he resists the proud. And when Jesus enters into the city, he doesn't come in a big, loud way. He comes in on a donkey, Pastor. A humble way. But the Bible says when he came into the city, the city was in uproar. Some translations say the city shook because the king entered in. The Bible says that the children recognized him. Oh, let me say that again. The children recognized him. And they ran to him. And they said, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And the city shook. And in the first place he goes is the temple. He does what he does because he needed to rework his church. Because in the house of God, the lame should be healed. In the house of God, the blind should see. In the house of God, the deaf should hear. Worship team, you can join me. In the house of God, we should see signs Wonders and miracles. So he had to go rework it. I believe, like I said earlier, today's church needs to be reworked. Because we need to see more 
blind people seeing. We need to see more deaf people hearing. We need to see more paralyzed people getting up and walking. We need to see more tumors shrinking. We need to see more healings take place. We need to see the baptism of the Holy Ghost in our church. We need a church that can, that can pray in the Holy Spirit. We need the church to be reworked. Mama, I know you're in the nursery. She's on the TV screen. Can you bring my precious baby to me, Mama? Come on, if you hear me. Bring Harvey to me really quick. I'm going to show you something, then we're going to have a powerful time. Amen? She hears me. Oh, here she comes. Come on, come on, come on. I'll meet you halfway. Come on, you get to preach this morning. What do you want to say? Shout for him. All right. In Matthew 21, he comes in on the donkey. The city shook. The children recognized him. They said, Hosanna in the highest. He went to the temple, rebuked the temple, did what he had to do. He had to rework it so that people could be healed. So that the house of God could be doing what he called the house of God to do. But then he goes on. And after all these wonderful things that he's done, the Pharisees say, look at him. Look at what he's doing. And Jesus responds to him. He said, don't you know? Because the children were worshiping him. And the Pharisees were judging the fact that the children were worshiping. And Jesus said, don't you know? Out of the mouth of babes, I have perfected praise. I've come to tell a mama, a grandma, a daddy, and a grandpa. If you don't praise God, your babies will praise God. If you don't praise God... He said, out of the mouth of babes, I have perfected praise. I love it because when, when, when children are children, they don't know better. This is where a lot of people have doctrines about the age of accountability, all that. We're not going to get into that. But when they're children, when they're infants, when they're young, they don't know better. They don't really understand really the true definitions of rights and wrongs. But yet the children recognized God. And I believe it's because the children recognized Him that the city shook. Because my Bible also says He's omni-what? That means God is everywhere at once. He can be, He was here at 3 a.m., He was here when you walked in. He's going to be here when you leave. He's not just at this church. He's down at the First Baptist. He's at Calvary. He's at Revival Temple. He's all over the place. He's omnipresent. So that means he's everywhere. But listen. Miss Leah, you mind holding her for a second? But listen. Mom, you can come back and get her. But listen, listen, listen. He's everywhere at once, but yet he makes an entrance. 
I begin to study that. Because he's everywhere at once. And then we find scriptures where two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst of them. And you can find scriptures all over the Bible that points towards an entrance of God. And not just when he was here in the flesh. I mean talking even in his spirit where God will make entrances. And he shows up. And I'm like, God, how do you show up to a place that you're already at? You're omnipresent. They said, yes, I'm there. But the key is this. When they recognize me. God wants to be recognized. God wants you to be able to look in your disaster, look at your doctor's report, look at your bank statement, and you don't know what you're going to do, but out of the pain, you see God. And in the good times, you see God. All He wants is to be recognized. And when He's recognized, the city I don't know about you, but I'm ready for our region, our county, and our city to shake. You know how it shakes? We recognize God. I might not feel it, but God, I see you in Homosassa right now. I might not feel it in the schools, but I see you, Lord. I know you're here, Lord. I know you hear me, Lord. And when we recognize Him... Everything shakes. We need a shaking of a revival to hit our region. And what it takes is the people of God to say, in the good times and the bad times, I see Him. When the devil tries to tell me not to see Him, when the devil tries to say He's not there, devil, you're a liar. He is there. I do hear Him. I do see Him. I recognize him. Listen. Stand to your feet. And use the children to recognize him. Because they were young. They didn't know everything, but yet they knew him. How did they know him? God was showing us. He's given us a revelation that the holy ones... That the holy ones will see Him. Church, you're called to be holy. Church, you're called to be holy. I'm going to say it again. You're called to be holy. Be holy as what? I am holy. You're called to look like Him. You're called to be reworked. you should long for it and you should desire it. Now listen, before I begin to pray for you, don't abuse the reworking. I felt that in my spirit. Don't abuse the reworking. You know that whole message that's messing up a lot of people right now? Well, I'm, I'm saved so I can do whatever I want. Don't abuse the reworking. The Bible also tells us about this in the New Testament. Paul gives us a pretty clear definition about this. Don't abuse the reworking. Don't say, well, he, he picked me up. He can just rework me. I can just continue to watch and continue to be reworked. No. Don't abuse it, friend. It's grace. 
And grace and mercy are for when you fall short. It shouldn't be our desire to fall short. Our desire should be to stand tall no matter what. No compromise. I'm not doing it. I'm not watching it. I'm not going there. But when I do fall, thank God it's a pot, there's a potter out there that will rework me and not trash me. But don't abuse it. Don't abuse it. I would preach a whole sermon on that. Paul gives us some clear definition on it. Gives us a clear definition. But I hear the grace of the Lord this morning. I hear the mercy of God this morning. Saying, I see you right where you're at. I see you in your struggle. I see you in your pain. And if I picked you up then, I'm too good to let you go now. And I'm going to rework you this morning. And I'm going to make you look like me. So, my shirt says, save our souls. Something like that. Yeah, save our souls. I thought I, like, I, thought I put that shirt on this morning. Could have been my Green Bay Packers shirt on. Come on, go Packers. But... Save our souls. And we're about to have a, an altar time. And I really feel this for the entire church. Like I said earlier, don't let the devil keep you in the seat when you need to be reworked. Don't let pride keep you attached to your seat. But I heard the Lord say, save our souls. That's the assignment that's on my life. I'm a pastor over at Calvary and in Inverness, but I travel and I preach every month somewhere. And it's to save a generation and to point them to Jesus Christ. I can't save them, but he can save them. But my assignment is to go win the lost. Come on. And it's not just my assignment, it's your assignment. Amen? It's the church's assignment. And we have, the reason I'm sharing this now is I'm such a preacher, I always forget to share it at the beginning of my message because I'm just ready to preach. We have a big crusade type event happening in Kentucky this December, next month. Hundreds and hundreds of people, of young people. Churches coming together that don't really have youth programs and they're desperate for a move of God in their young people because they're tired of seeing depression and they're tired of seeing suicide happen in their schools. They're tired of seeing the devil just have his way with their kids. So there's like several churches coming together and saying, we're going to do whatever it takes to get our kids in God's presence. So they called a a pastor down in Florida and they said, we've heard about you and we want you to come up in here and just release the word of the Lord to our house, to our children, and just believe for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. Believe God would come and pour his spirit out and save our children. And of course, I said, I'll go. And we're actually taking all of them with us. Um, but before we do the altars, after the altar time, I'm going to place a bucket up here. And if you feel led to give a love offering to my ministry, uh, to help us take the gospel around the world, and to preach the message of Christ to the broken, to the bound, 
and help us set a generation free, I would greatly appreciate. I'm honored if you say, I want to sow into that. And I'm going to place a bucket up here at the end of the altar. And you can make a check out to Impact Ministries and put it in the bucket. We're believing God to meet our needs, to take our team all the way to Kentucky. And we're believing for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And if you say, well, what's your need? Because uh, one of my pat- my mentors always told me this. Because I was always afraid to do offerings faster. And they're like, no, I don't want to do it. And my pat- if you've ever heard of Tommy Bates, you familiar with Tommy Bates? Well, Pastor Tommy Bates told me, he said, son, he said, if you never tell the people the need, how they how they just going to know what what you need. He said, how are they going to know the amount? How are they they're going to know what they can do to help? If you don't give them the number, how do you expect the number to be met? And I said, the Lord, the Lord knows the number. He said, of course the Lord knows the number and he'll do that. But he also gives us wisdom to share your need to the body of Christ because it's the body of Christ. It's our responsibility to send the missionaries, to send the evangelists. And our need is around $3,000 to take the gospel to Kentucky. And we're believing that all of it will come in full. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe with me, just say amen. All right, now let's get to get to the altar really quick. So, not really quick. We're going to stay in here. We're going to pray till you get delivered. We're going to pray till we see God move. Come on, I don't want to pray and say, baby, you're going to be okay, and then you leave and nothing changes. I want to pray until we see the evidence of God falling on you. Ah, we're going to pray this morning. And we're going to watch God move. Amen? So if you say, Pastor Corey, I need to be reworked. There's some places in my life that I need the potter to work out of me. If he looked at the clay right now, he would find the spoiled places. He would find the marred places. And I'm grateful he doesn't trash me. I'm grateful he doesn't just push me to the side. But if you say, Pastor Corey, that's me. There's some pride in my life that needs to be reworked. There's some anger that needs to be reworked. There's some sexual sin that needs to be reworked. There's some unforgiveness that needs to be reworked. Come on, there's hurt in my heart. People who did me wrong, it needs to be reworked. There's a sickness in my life, and I know God does not give me sickness. It needs to be reworked. Come on. If you say... If you say, God, that's me. I need you to rework me this morning. Come on, make your way to this altar. It's open right now. If there's an area in your life that you need the Lord to rework this morning. Sickness, disease, sin, pain, whatever it is. You need the potter to rework you this morning. Come on, come on, come on. You say, Potter, I'm grateful you picked me up. I'm grateful you picked me up. Don't let me go. He's not going to, but sometimes it's just, that's just a nice cry. Don't let me go, Lord. I know you can't lie. If you said it, you'll do it. I know you're not going to let me go, but I'm going to make that cry anyway. Don't let me go. Rework me. 
Come on, whatever you're facing, if it's sickness, tell them to rework it out of your life right now. If it's finances, tell them to rework it right now. Come on, he'll do it. If it's sin, tell them to rework it. He'll get rid of it right now. Come on. I feel the anointing of God in this house. We hear you, Lord. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, Lord, we pray for the power of God to fall on her right now in Jesus' name. Lord, to do what only you can do. God, make the wrong things right in Jesus' mighty name. We speak healing. Lord, we speak wholeness in Jesus' name. Do what only you can do, Lord. Touch her afresh. Rework her, Lord. Put her on the wheel and spin her. Come on, rework her, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Fire of God. Jesus. Come on, I, I'm going to wrap this thing up, I promise. But I hear the word of the Lord over you, sister. Can I, can I release it? Is that all right? Kenzie, stretch your hands to her. Father, in Jesus' name. I hear the Lord say unto you that everything that you've been struggling with, I see. Not only do I see it, I hear it. I hear the cries that you've cried. I've heard your screams. And I want you to know that I'm working on your behalf. And if I... If I picked you up then, my daughter, I'm not going to let you go now. I hear the word of the Lord say over you and your family, your household, your income, your fi- every area of your life. Come into alignment with the, with the word of Jesus. Come into alignment with the Lamb of God. I hear the Lord say the best days are ahead of you, not behind you, sister. The best days are ahead of you, not behind you. Keep pressing. Keep going. And I hear the Lord say, go faster. Go faster. Go faster. Run after me in full pursuit. Hey, give God a mighty shout of praise. a show of hands in this house if you believe for a great harvest of souls to come into the kingdom will you lift your hands if you're believing for your kids to know the same God that you know for your brothers and your sisters to come home for your mothers and your fathers to serve the Lord if you're believing for a great harvest in your family on Thanksgiving come on if you're believing for God to do the impossible in your household and you need God to set your family free you need God to deliver your grandchildren to deliver your brothers, your sisters your mothers and your fathers your first cousin, second cousin and third cousin if you're believing God for your family to come home 
With hands lifted in this house, I want you to repeat after me. I hear it by the Holy Ghost. God, I know it's your will that not one shall perish. So, Lord, save my family. Say it again. Save my family. Do it again. Save my family. One more time. Save my family. Give God a shout of praise in this house. But in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, we find the prophet having an encounter where he leaves the natural, now he's in the supernatural. And he says, I see the Lord high and lifted up. Behold the train of his robe. What? It fills the temple. And he said, in this presence of God, he said he began to feel unworthy. And an angel went to the altar and took a coal off the altar and purified his lips. I just heard the Holy Ghost speak to me to share that story because when I said earlier that the church needs to be reworked, I think the biggest thing that the church needs work, working on is one, we need the Holy Ghost in the church, but two, we need a rework. We, we need a reworking of how we talk. We need the coals of the altar to purify our lips. Listen, some of you, you love the Lord. I know you love the Lord. I love the Lord. We've served the Lord for a long time. But some of us, you know, we love people. We hug people. We pray for them at church. But when we leave, man, we, we talk about them like terrible. I've... I, 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 I've been in these situations all around the United States where I see people who love the Lord but gossip about his sheep. They smile the smile. But when they open their mouth, man, their, their tongue is as long as a snake because they gossip about the sheep. They pray for God to deliver them, then they talk about them just to get them bound again. We need the Lord to purify our lips so that one we talk about Him rightly. But two, we talk about our brothers and our sisters in a way that, no, they're not bound anymore. They're not what they used to be. They're set free. They're different. They're redeemed. They're made in the image of God. We need gossip to be wiped from the church. We need it gone. And how does gossip disappear in the church? We need a coal from the altar to purify our lips and to see him high and lifted up and the train of his robe fill our temple. Fill this place, Lord. May we love our brothers and sisters as we love ourselves. May we put others in front of us. Teach us how to love like you. Teach us how to look like you. Lord, rework us. Rework us. Rework us until we're good in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name, we want to see you high and lifted up over Citrus County. We want to see revival break out and the city shape. In Jesus' name.
we recognize you. We give you glory, Potter. And we're grateful that we're the clay. And we're grateful that you call us the best kind. And the reason we're the best kind is because we look like you. Because, Lord, the truth is, you're the best kind. We love you. We adore you. And God bless everybody that came this morning. May they prosper. May they be in good health. And may they return next week with the joy of the Lord inside of them. God bless you. God bless your pastor. God bless Christian Center Church. We love you so much. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's give another hand to Corey and his team for being with us today. He's already blessed you, so I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment. Pick up a bulletin in the back. It's got everything. We've got a lot coming up. We do have kids' Christmas musical practice till 1.30, so be prepared for that. But I just want to share just real quick, especially since he was just talking about the harvest. As I was driving last night. I had to go run an errand, and I was driving kind of the back roads here in the county, and I passed a couple churches that we're affiliated with, and I thank God that we're affiliated with other churches in the county. Can we thank God for that this morning? And I was reminded of driving through Arkansas, and this was probably 15, 20 years ago. It was back when we first became missionaries. We were traveling to a church to speak at. And a lot of the farms in the area were building bigger silos, and they were brand new. A lot of about every, probably every 15, 20 minutes, I'd look over, and there'd be a new construction of silo. The Holy Spirit spoke to me all that time ago, and he said, they're preparing for the harvest. And as I was driving around last night, I passed, again, some churches that I just felt led to just stretch my hand out as I was driving and safely just pray for them. And the Lord said that because his church in Citrus County has made him the priority and put away pride and put away all the stuff that God is going to stretch out our tent pegs, get ready for harvest in this county. Amen. Let's praise God one more time. God, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, to remind you, if you'd like to drop an offering, this is good soil up in Kentucky. These churches invited him on faith. There's a church in Citrus County that's going to help support that. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed today. You guys have a wonderful day. Be safe and enjoy this weather. Amen.